following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing. And a less than perfect one. Seen it, covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Welcome to the Forbes Sports Money Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Ozanian. On this show, we talk about the business of sports. Football season is over and fewer thinking about the NFL. But life after the sport is weighing on the minds of some players. Today, I'm speaking with Caleb Thornhill. He's the founder of Athlete Transition U, which is a mission to help professional athletes figure out how to live life once their athletic career ends. He's kicked off the platform with 25 current and five former NFL players. Caleb, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Great intro. Hey, so uh, how did the event go? Uh, You just had it about a week ago. Uh, Tell me about it. Yeah, so the event uh, was just a week ago, and it's still uh, fresh in my mind. My brain's still spinning (laughs) everything I learned there. You know, it it was amazing because on Friday when it was done, we did the roundtable and said our goodbyes. I mean, you talk about guys hugging one another and just the the team that that was developed throughout that week, nightly activations, the networking. I mean, guys really took advantage of it and know that it's going to transcend beyond the combine, that this is an ecosystem we're creating to support them during and after their careers. How many athletes did you originally invite? Originally invited about uh, 40 guys. I I actually created a black box that said unlock your future, uh, had a key and had the number 40 on there that that really popped up and it had the New York City skyline. So I really just wanted to give them a special invite to let them know that everybody is not invited to this, is that we wanted to be an event where it was consummate pros on and off the field. And so once that happened, they got that invitation that sparked curiosity, sent them a follow-up email with a deck explaining in further detail. And then the, that was kind of a jab, jab. And the right hook was getting them on the phone call and explaining how this week was going to transform their life and what we're going to do up there. Caleb, tell me a little bit more. I find that very interesting. How did you select the athletes that you originally sent this black box to, this invitation? Yeah. So I selected them by really just using uh, my initial ecosystem of guys that either have been through, have worked with them at the Dolphins or have met them beyond this this uh, building at Miami is that I started to define a, a list of guys that were five years plus consummate pros on and off the field and really identified about 70 guys. And then I narrowed that down to a number that I felt confident in that we'd be able to get the right people up there. It was so important for me to get the right guys, the right partners, the right companies, the right speakers for this first one so it could be genuine and authentic and guys would would take it serious. And I reached out to some other player engagement directors around the league as well who truly helped me from, well, Matt Winston up in Oakland who had four guys attend, the BJ Stabler who had a couple guys, Eric Berry and Kenneth up there. So Really, it was just using my ecosystem and relationships, what life is all about, genuine, authentic relationships to get these guys up there. And for those listeners who don't know, Caleb, uh, in 2010, was named the Director of Player Development for the Miami Dolphins, and that sort of morphed into Director of Player Engagement, a position he's sort of on his way transitioning out of uh, to do his own thing here. And taking a moment to thank our supporters, Varadesk and Rocket Mortgage, more about these companies later in the show. So 
Tell me a little bit about the vibe, the atmosphere, and, and sort of what went down at this event. How did it work? Yeah, so the, the week was kind of tailored in a way where it was going to be a progression. And so the first day was really focused on personal branding, you know, with Maverick Carter speaking and, and what he's done with LeBron and the message that he had for the guys to get their brains activated and to leave them wanting more uh, to Draymond Green and, and Axios, um, to, to getting them activated even at the uh, Barclays Center where Sean Marks and Brett Yormack, the CEO and general manager, spoke to them about the same principles. And so that was that set the tone for the week is just the personal brand and, and how to establish that long term throughout your career and really take advantage of it not only now, but catapulting into what you want to do next. And the Tuesday was focused on entrepreneurship and business acumen hard. And we even had a Shark Tank competition uh, where the guys went through a business simulator, kind of a speed build. And that was awesome in terms of the competitive juices came out of all the guys. They did phenomenal in their presentations, kind of like Shark Tank. And there was one winner, which I announced they won a million dollars, which they really didn't. Uh, they were excited at first that they would get a million to innovate on their idea. Um, but that 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 really set the tone as well. It was a progression. Guys were fired up. And then on Wednesday, we really focused on technology and real estate. So we went over to Facebook and then transitioned to Compass Real Estate, where we went over whether it's flipping, wholesaling multifamily investments, life as a realtor, you know, is that industry for them? 97% of our guys were interested in, in real estate in some capacity. So we want to make sure everybody got that. Thursday was our deep dives where guys got a chance to go throughout New York City in groups of five to different industries that we had fashion and design. We had, you know, you know, equity. We had Joe and the Juice. We had Ann Pizza, which is a phenomenal company, uh, Blink Fitness. So we had a lot of these companies that guys got a chance to dive deeper into the subject matter and really get in the weeds of, do I see myself doing this long-term? And then Thursday Net was our culmination, bringing everybody together uh, for a networking event. And then Friday capped it off with uh, the personal development plan that'll transcend beyond the combine that we, they have a game plan on the field. We want to give them that game plan off the field. So that was the culmination. So much in between there, but that, that really depicts what the week was about. So what was the winning idea that won that fake million dollars? Do you really want to know? I got to know. Come on. So it was a concept that was basically uh, a bar that meets Tinder, right? So it was a white box of ideas that they had to develop. So this group had to develop a concept that was basically establishing what a bar would be like integrating technology and the value proposition went through an entire model. But basically it was like Tinder meets meets a bar. And how are you going to how are you going to do that? And so they did a phenomenal job, like articulating the vision, the value prop, the outcomes, like how they were going to get people in there, how the technology was going to work and why it was different than anything else. And I mean, guys went crazy when they when they announced them as the winner and got some master and dynamic headphones from Jonathan Levine, who who owns Master and Dynamic. And, and the guys were just excited, man. It was awesome. We surprised going into this uh, when it was over the breadth of interest that these football players have in terms of everything from, you know, technology to branding to real estate? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, the interesting thing about an athlete is that sometimes we're just not exposed to a lot, right? You know, traditionally you graduate from college and, you know, individuals are going right into the workforce and doing what they they have to do, not what they want to do. And so for these guys, it's just an exposure gap, um, you know, that we have to bridge. And 
exposing them gets their brain activated. Once you get your brain activated, you kind of want more information. The dopamine hits the system and now you are eager to learn more. And what you found is that guys got out of their comfort zones, found interests that they didn't have before um, or that they wanted more information on is that they realized that this week transformed not only their lives and what they said, but just excited for what's next. Hey, where are we going next? Let's go to LA. Let's go to Silicon Valley. So I, I, I'm not shocked. I knew what we were doing strategically, but I am shocked and the feedback that guys gave and, and how well received it was just in terms of their development off the field and really what it meant for their life. How would you sum up, if you could, the thrust of the most important feedback you got in terms of what the players' interests are and, and, and how you may shape future events? Yeah, I think that I could define it as just real-world application. That's how I would define it, that this is practical uh, experience from and people that have been in the industry for for years and have such knowledge and, and breadth of information and wisdom that they not only poured into the room, but did it above and beyond in, in independent conversations and informal conversations that happened after the sessions or at a networking event, exchange of information. We got them all printed business cards. You know, this is the first time some of these guys have ever received business cards. And so you talk about what, what did they take away is that it, it starts with one domino. This, this event was their first domino that will be in effect. They may not see right now for a week, uh, you know, a month, uh, a year that this is, it's about activating the relationship and really pouring into it and what you want to get out of it. So much of this is, uh, sometimes we get lost in, uh, lingo or, uh, you know, phrases that people throw around, but take a minute, if you will, and explain sort of what this would mean in real world application. I know, cause one of the things you really encourage players is to make you know, get involved socially yep. uh, in terms of social media, setting up relationships, business opportunities. What do those things actually mean in practical terms? What is it you advise? I think in, in, in practical terms, when you talk about, you know, what, where you started out with social media, I think that building a following and, and what type of person, what type of values do you carry? What do you promote on there? Why are you on it? Do you, do you promote your family, philanthropic? Uh, your business endeavors is that people need to know what you're interested in or they can't help you. And so for guys, it's just getting them activated and understanding how that could integrate into if they want to start a business, if they want to be a real estate agent in the future, obviously the bigger following they have on there uh, allows them to really uh, get their, get their uh, passion out there, get their, you know, there's a, a former player that always gives a game ball that says sold on it as a real estate agent. And that person's going to remember that forever. And so when you talk about application, like I said, it's getting them to understand why right now And the application piece may not come for a long time in terms of the post career, but you have to start with the start. And I think for anybody out there that doesn't understand, it's like being in your current profession for 20 years and somebody telling you that you're done doing this, go find something else to do and how hard it would be to gain that skill set. The same way that an individual, if you came into a meeting room, you would think it was, uh, if you don't know Chinese, that you were trying to speak Chinese, somebody's trying to speak Chinese to you because you won't understand the language, the business, ac the acumen behind the football uh, world of, of what that means. What is a cover two, cover four? What is, you know, drop two? Like, you wouldn't understand what that meant, but these guys know it, but they don't know necessarily. 
some of the acumen that comes with these other areas. How much of what you're putting into practice now did you start to think about when you were playing linebacker for Michigan State? Oh, man, a, a ton. You know, when I when I really was playing, I started to see a trend in, in something that happened that really caught my eye, which was when guys were done playing, they wouldn't know what to do next. And nobody was giving them those real practical skills. They, you know, how do I, how do you dress for an interview? How do you communicate? How do you build relationships? Like that wasn't, that wasn't aware by guys. And when I saw guys just not getting jobs or going to become a bartender, I'm like, man, we did four years of college and you're capable of so much more than just that. And that's when I started to go, all right, I'm going to do something about it. And which is why I created the player development program for football players there, which is they call keep it real Mondays now with guys that I saw an opportunity for change. I saw I saw that, guys, we brought in so much money for the university, and yet, why are we failing when it's done? And why aren't people giving us the skills necessary? Because I came from an environment where education was preached, but a lot of these guys weren't. So I said, how can I do something about it? And really, that started my chase. That started my journey of wanting guys to reach their potential, not only on the field, but off the field. And, you know, I'm just glad I, I started chasing that at an early age. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Traditional static offices are a thing of the past. Today, companies and employees want an active workspace. Varidesk helps people reimagine their office design. Being more active at work, like standing more and sitting less, can help improve your health by boosting energy and productivity. The new ProDesk 60 electric standing desk is the cornerstone of the active office. It's designed with commercial-grade materials, stable at any height, and fully assembled in under five minutes. Plus, all Varidesk products are made to last. They're also simple to set up and move or reconfigure as businesses change and grow. Check out Varidesk products, including the new ProDesk 60 Electric, risk-free for 30 days with free shipping and free returns. Learn more at varidesk.com slash Forbes. That's V-A-R-I desk.com slash Forbes. I'm going to get into something now that a lot of people don't like to talk about or don't touch on when they uh, do interviews, but I don't really give a hoot. So I'm going to get into it anyway because it's important to me. And I think it is to you if some of my research was correct. But how important is it to have a higher power, a belief in something greater than yourself? I I tend to, regardless of the profession, I... I, uh, I tend to think myself it's very important. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you talk about having a higher purpose and calling or, you know, that spiritual guide for me, it's my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you know, but that, again, that's not everybody. I I believe in that. There's a reason that things happen for me in the combine is that I put my trust in God and put my feet to work. And and you have to believe in a higher power that things aren't happening on accident. You treat people well, uh, good things come back to you. And it's just the way the world works. And I think that if somebody doesn't have that higher purpose, right, that you're doing it for servant leadership, you're doing it so somebody else can be lifted up, that you're leaving a legacy, you're taking your knowledge that you gain and pouring it into somebody else. Because at my eulogy, I don't, I just want people talking about maybe some of the things that help their life. I don't want it to be about me necessarily, but what I instilled in somebody else that gave them a better life. And I, I think if somebody doesn't have that inside them, you're going to be walking around aimlessly with nothing to hit. You're chasing um, what society views as valuable, which is monetarily gain, uh, social status. You're chasing something that's never going to make you happy. And um, for those people that are struggling right now, I just would 
ask that you dig deep inside and, and find that higher calling. Yeah, you know, for me, you know, I, I see it as regardless of your profession, and I'm sure it's magnified once you're a star athlete, right? Because you got millions of people who know who you are. Yeah. But regardless, you know, even if, if you're a nobody journalist like myself, and, you know, for me, it took a big fall into, uh, into drug and alcohol abuse uh, many years ago to, to finally realize, you know, it doesn't matter whether I screw up a podcast or not, you know, that that's not that like, yeah. it's going to be okay. You know, I could be, I could have my plans for tomorrow, but here we are, we're going to have a snowstorm and, you know, almost mid March, you know, it's, it's, I'm not going to really have much control over that, <laughs> you know, but, but I got to imagine for athletes, it's, it's especially hard, you know, the elite athletes, you know, for me, my perception often is, regardless of the sport, whether it be football or basketball, that in college they're spending so much time, you know, practicing and playing that they don't necessarily get the education, many of them, that prepares them for life after the sport. Is that true? And, and, and how do you deal with that in terms of your platform? You're absolutely right. I mean, I always have a saying, what you focus on, you find in life. And they are focused so much on that and, and the hours of each day that are spent focused on your athletic career and everybody is praising you because of your, uh, the number on your, your back, um, maybe not the individual. And so I think a lot of times guys go into identity foreclosure is what you're referring to, where you foreclose your identity into one thing. And, and a lot of times that's athletic uh, ability and why you view yourself the way that you do is because of all this notoriety that you're relying on that status of being the greatest athlete to carry you on forever. And it ends for all of us. And when it does, we're going to be judged from the neck up. And, uh, you know, when you think about what guys go through, I think that the sooner you can get to identify, you know, your core values beyond the field, your why, not athletically, but just internally, guys will be much better off is that you have to know who you are as a person at the core. Uh, therefore you can build a foundation with inside you where that, that is very deep where even if that's stripped away from you, this athletic, it's going to be hard regardless because you love to do it. Uh, but you can translate those skills into something else that you're passionate about. And I think that's what's so important for us is that we're all we're doing is activating the knowledge, the relationships, the kind of the want to and passion towards what could be next and the possibilities that exist because of their platform. Cause this is just setting them up for life because they got 30, 40 more years to live and, my worst fear is that guys going to identity foreclosure and, or substance abuse, like you mentioned, and that's a path to destruction, as I want them to know who they are authentically and be, be okay with that. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Support for the Forbes Sports Money podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, the mortgage company that decided to ask why. Why can't clients get approved in minutes rather than weeks? Why can't they make adjustments to their rate and term in real time? And why can't there be a client-focused, technological mortgage revolution? Quicken Loans answered all these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your tenth, with Rocket Mortgage you get a transparent, online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com Forbes. 
Equal Housing Lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumerAccess.org, number 3030. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. The greatest time of the year is back. College basketball, that's right. March Madness, March Mania, and March Money. Join in on everyone's favorite game, the Bracket Challenge Contest at BetOnline.ag. Sign up for a free account, receive your 50% welcome bonus, and make your picks. All the early lines for all the games are now available, so don't miss out on any of the action for the next three weeks at BetOnline.ag, the exclusive partner at Podcast One Sportsnet. What can you tell us about some of the insight that some of the uh, non-athlete guests that attended, you know, like Math Carter, obviously, who's who's yeah. helped make LeBron into this humongous brand. And I think last, in our last athletes list, in endorsement earnings, he's got over $50 million. But it's the how that I find fascinating, you know, where he's he and some other athletes are now taking equity yep. in businesses as opposed to just, you know, taking a flat-out fee to represent those companies. Yeah, I think what you're saying is basically spot on in terms of guys who are taking ownership, right? They're not just being they're not just being signers as you call them, right? Just sign it and keep going. That they're becoming engaged into the process. I think there's a new athlete coming, you know, this I am more than an athlete wave is that it's challenging our, our current generation, the younger generation, to think bigger, uh, to think beyond uh, just the scope of your athletic ability. But how do you benefit for the rest of your life? Because your family will, too, is that it's not necessarily about enabling them through finances or financial uh, rewards where you give your your um, mother four thousand dollars. No, you send your mother to to, uh, you know, uh, school, whether it's wh- whatever she wants to become that you invest in her that way so you can get the ROI that she can not only make money, but have purpose, right? Is you don't want to enable people. You want to empower them. And I think that's what athletes are, are becoming is empowered uh, with their brands, with their uh, ability to own equity, to not give it all away and just become a signer. So it's exciting times. It's just, man, the, the guys up there are just phenomenal. I miss them so much already is that they're capable of so much more. And I think that you're starting to see that. Caleb, what type of uh, response have you gotten from the teams in the NFL in terms of working with you? Yeah, I think it's been great. You know, I, I actually got a lot of texts and phone calls while in New York City just saying, man, you're doing some amazing things. Keep going, uh, whether it's GMs, uh, other coaches that I've that I've worked with uh, throughout my time in Miami. Um, just the outpouring of, of support has been great. And again, I don't ever want this to to be about me but it's the the holistic model of atu of activating guys with their while they're playing and you know we're developing a platform right now when guys are done playing you know because they're eligible for sixty thousand dollars and and a lot of them don't necessarily want to go get mbas they're not ready for it but we really think there's there needs to be a tailored curriculum for them when they're done playing that will focus on that lifestyle transition most importantly and then build off of that through assessing them and what they want to do and really tapping into that. And so, you know, the support, you know, the support's been amazing just in the fact of I'm just trying to do good. I, I saw a problem at a young age and I'm still chasing it. This has been my life. I know it inside and out. Uh, I still have more to learn and grow from, but I want to do it because I know it's going to save a life. I know it's going to save another person from having depression uh, to alcohol abuse to all the things that they battled with injuries, like I want them just to have purpose because I know that keeps their families together. 
I know it keeps from divorce, from financial strain. Like, it's just so important to me for them to find passion and purpose above and beyond monetary. Hey, man, how did you pick the guys to come to this group? You know, like Mav Carter and and Brett Yormack and others. Uh, uh, What was sort of the selection process you went through in your mind? Because obviously, on the one hand, you needed really smart, successful people. But on the other hand, you didn't want guys... uh, for lack of a better term, you didn't want shady guys that, that could take advantage of these athletes. So that was a vetting process that I went through, and again, through my relationships and ecosystem that, you know, what I look for in a relationship, you know, my core values are gratitude, respect, integrity, and trust, right? So those four things equals grit, and that's firmness of character. I'm looking for that in every relationship that I have. And, you know, the people that I either reached out to, their business manager, whatever, having conversations with them. Really, it was just using my network of people that I trusted to have these values the same as, as mine or very similar to understand why we were doing this. And I think once they understood why, they understood the importance and wanted to give back. And, you know, there's a lot of people that want to know how they can help have received hundreds of emails from companies and people that say, how can I help moving forward? And that's always awesome. But you got to go through a vetting process that truly is thorough. And uh, something I, I, I went through uh, upon selecting and it worked out really well is that, you know, the guys, what they appreciated the most is authenticity. They, I heard that word so much. Mm. And that's that's really what I wanted them to feel the authenticity and genuineness behind everybody that spoke and that gave their time and stuck around. Right. Is that they didn't just speak and leave. They took time to invest and have conversations beyond what they spoke about as guys were just intrigued and. Man, it was just a blessing. It, it was phenomenal. You had a really interesting roster of attendees, you know, players, you know. And again, I'm looking at this from the outside, right, from watching these guys on TV and following them. But, you know, you had cornerback Prince Amukamara. You had Eric Berry of the Eagles, you know, and Dominic Sue. Which of these guys sort of surprised you or any of the other folks that were there the most in terms of their ideas yeah. and suggestions that they had? Yeah. What, what were some of the cool things that these guys came out with? It wouldn't be fair to just single one guy out, but they, they were all amazing. Like you look at this, and, and, and first of all, I want to give the proper acknowledgement to Spencer Pacinger and and Dominic and Sue, and, and there were some other guys that helped actually reach out to other guys on my behalf and told them what it did when they went to the previous Dolphins business combine, which Steve Ross started and kicked off, is that that's where the idea really turned is those individuals right there. But going back to your original original question is that Eric Berry, I mean, you mentioned him and hearing him speak and the intentions behind his words and curiosity. I mean, he would be so locked into a speaker like the intention and note taking and follow up conversations and just having breakfast with him one time just to talk about his journey and what he's been through in cancer and, you know, hanging out with Inky Johnson, like, and what he wants to do next is he's like, Caleb, I just have a a ton of ideas now. My mind is stretched and grown so much is that, you know, from Anthony Fasano, who started a rehabilitation facility down here in South Florida and him getting connected with you know, all points north uh, capital, which is, in, you know, doing some interesting things that align with what he's trying to do in real rehabilitation um, was just phenomenal. I mean, these guys, I mean, every, 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 uh, the notes I've received back from, from speakers, uh, companies is like, you had an awesome group of people that just 
stretch the limits and ask great questions and just were curious. I've never been around something like this before. So it was it was awesome overall. I mean, every guy was great, but those two guys, you know. And Dominic Sue. And Dominic Sue now when I see his name, he strikes me as a guy that like eats glass and nails and you know <laughs> you know, and on, on the field, the last guy, you know, I'd want to go against in a football field and I'm looking at the roster of attendees going, you know, because it's perception, right? Used to seeing one thing, you know. So in my mind, you know, this guy is uh, one tough hombre. He can also be interesting and smart, right? That's that's my uh, prejudice from watching him for so long. So what was he like? It's amazing. You know, he's one of the advocates that wanted to get more guys involved and some of the people that he knew that would be capable of, of this combine. And, you know, in Dominican, it, it, it's interesting you say that because perception is so interesting out there of, of what they perceive him as, of this just nasty, tenacious guy that, is all about football, and, and truly, he is the most consummate pro in terms of the detail, regiment, training. Uh, woke up every day at the combine at six o'clock, worked out. Professional, a guy that's connected with Warren Buffett, right? That's connected with various companies throughout the nation and globally that he's established relationships with. I mean, some of the guys are like, "Why is he here? He knows Warren Buffett." I'm like, "Do you understand his mindset? He never thinks he knows everything, so he's willing to learn anything." And so when you look at a guy like him, he was just intense, was excited, just the the people that he met and and the follow up and his communication. I mean, the team he has around him and his ecosystem is just really good in terms of, you know, inviting people to games that he's met and just doing the right thing. So it's it's amazing that the perception out there is what it is, is that this truly is a guy that's a consummate pro on and off the field that really wants to just eager to just be better holistically. What an experience you must have had before this at, at RSE Ventures, you know, the, uh, which owns the Dolphins. And because right. I know those guys, like Steve Ross is, is the owner of that and, and the Dolphins, one of the smartest hombres you'll find anywhere. Uh-huh. And the guy who really runs the day-to-day for him, Matt Higgins, I believe is his name, yep. is you know, brilliant. I, I've gotten to sit down with Matt a couple of times over the years, and I think the last time I was in his office in New York about three or four years ago, you know, he was showing me on a computer model like the renovations for Dolphin Stadium. It has yeah. a different name actually now. I, I it doesn't uh, ring a bell, but you know, hard rock, hard rock. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And uh, you know, they were you showing me on a simulator like drone racing and, yeah. and all this cool stuff. You know, with. These ideas and concept that these players have, does the technology, like, do, do you show them stuff like that, that, that a guy like Steve Ross and, and what Matt's doing there at RSE and sort of how it kind of all fits together and, 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 you know, one sports team can play off a of drone racing and then, yeah. a, and then eSports and all this different yeah. stuff. Yeah, I think it's interesting, you know, that, that there are two great human beings, I mean, just that really have invested in, in me and, and given me the opportunity to kind of establish this entity. And it started with the Dolphins Business Combine going up there to RSE to see the drone racing. Like Steve gave me that opportunity. We just activated guys. You know, we can't pay for the guys to go up there. So it's got to be on their own dime. So these guys invested in themselves. But the technology piece, they really um, enjoyed in terms of like, they, I don't think they realize how much technology has become a factor in the sports world or what you can do with a stadium and the amount of opportunities that exist by maximizing the stadium and what we can do when drone racing and Higgins drone racing racing league that Higgins 
uh, obviously is under his umbrella and RSE, but the amount of things that are being done, these players are blown away by what technology can do and how they can get involved this year in particular, there was uh, a guy that is interested in, and done some things in like you're talking about esports and the gaming sector is that guys are, are, are just curious and knowledgeable about this technology from CSE sports. You know, the, the summit that's held out there in Vegas is guys are even going to that, you know, I, I think it's so interesting that these guys and they're, they're um, hungry now for other information outside of the sport. And it's kind of the, turning point of the athlete being more than just an athlete that they're hungry for technology, real estate, fashion, design, sports and entertainment, whatever it may be they're 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 curious, which is awesome. You know, several years ago, I remember people sort of laughing, not to his face, but on the side, because he's, he's, uh, you know, he's such a big dude, but like laughing at Kevin Durant saying, oh, you know, the guy, all he does is play basketball and play video games. Right. And so, <laughs> you know, but it's turned out like the guy's tremendous knowledge of like esports and gaming is a huge asset. And he, now he's like, you know, investing in all this technology and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I look at these guys and it's like now it's turning out that this knowledge that they have for technology and gaming is is enormous. And the same thing on on apparel, you know, a guy like, uh, say, Chris Paul. I mean, the guy's designing apparel and clothes, you know. Uh, and instead of just saying, okay, you know, slap my name on, on this type of shirt or, 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 or these pants. I mean, he gets involved in the design of the Nike Jordan shoe, you know, and, and, and makes it personal. You know, I, I, I think that on each of his uh, shoes, each time he comes out with a new model, there's sort of a dedication to where he grew up and, and, and his family and stuff. You know, I think it was a gas station or something like that, if I remember correctly. I think these players, many of them, they're starting to realize how much, if it's even if it's not formal schooling per se, but how much knowledge they have through life that they can express in other businesses. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, what caught me on that one when you mentioned uh, Chris is that, I mean, he, he has intention behind building this, right? If you're understanding why you're doing something, you're going to be way more passionate about building it than just saying, hey, I want my name slapped on here. He's actually building something that tells a story. And I think storytelling is so powerful and that he's doing that and there's intention behind it. And guys get to hear that and impact more lives is that these guys, like you're saying, have a great opportunity now to be involved in just so many different aspects of, of business. And, and they, they're realizing what their access and playing at this level can provide for them and who they can get in the room with to speak with, to gain knowledge from is that they're not just jumping into it. They're going to study it before they do it. And that to me is, is a, a huge sign of just the capacity that they have to not only be professionals and, and still perform on the field, but also uh, whether it's philanthropic or, or business oriented, they have the ability to do both and, and not just be athletes. Like some people want them to be a stay in their own lane. It's like, no, these guys, are given a platform and they, and they want to use it the right way. You know, mentioning owners, you know, we're starting to see uh, as teams are bought and sold sort of a new era, different type of owners, which only makes sense, you know, because how guys made the, enough money to buy a team today is, is just different than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. You know, much more uh, involved in tech uh, today, for example. 
Uh, you know, thinking of a guy like in the NFL, a guy like Shad Khan, you know, is, is so cool with technology in terms of, you know, uh, what it's, what he's, how he's been able to transform the making of, you know, something as simple as a car bumper. Uh, you know, Golden State, you know, they got a lot of tech investors out there on, on the Warriors. Do you, do you think, given uh, what you're seeing with your platform and how these players, uh, where their interest is, that you could see the attraction where they will want to go play for teams that are, you know, either, let's say, located near a place like Silicon Valley or where owners have this entrepreneurial mindset as opposed to the year where players just generally went to, I want to go here because I know I'm going to make the most money there. You know, Right, from- right. I, I think they're more equipped to understand future cash flow, right? And and that this isn't going to last forever. And I think it does play a factor. I don't want to say every guy, but I think it's definitely becoming uh, more relevant where you have guys that are strategically thinking about where they're playing and why they're playing there and what goes along with that ecosystem. I mean, obviously you have to be careful because you really can't uh, mix, uh, you know, business and investments within that club. That That's just um, not allowed, but you know, you, you're getting more strategic in terms of, who has a great ecosystem that I can take advantage of and really activate and really get in the room with these people to pick their brain. Cause I'm interested in that. And they, they having the foresight to say this could turn into my passion or future cash flow, Like that is just out of the mind intelligent. And I think, you know, more players are becoming equipped, more agents are becoming equipped with helping clarify. I just, I, I think that what we're doing, it's activating the part of their brain that maybe hasn't before and that gets them to stretch and grow and have that growth mindset where it's not just about the right now it's about the future it's about my family it's about me ending the game that I play when I want to not when I have to and that I'm prepared for that there can be an ease to saying I'm done playing in the NFL NBA MLB is that they are good I think most of the time guys are scared because they don't know what's next and that's that's one of the things that we're trying to combat is that they should feel at somewhat of ease that they know the transition. They know there's a platform waiting for them when they're done. And that's why I'm so eager to build this, this, the former player platform as well. Cause I know it's so necessary and we have some things in place that we've done some great things, but I think there can be another level to it that really helps guys fully transition uh, extremely successful in ways that, uh, haven't been done before. So we're, we're we're excited about that. I think you're exactly right. Though. All right. I know you're a really busy guy, Caleb, but I, uh, I just want to hit you with one more question before I let you go. Short term, what do you see as the plans for ATU? Short term. Give me the length. What are we talking? One give year? Give me like three. Now, nah, three years. To me, that's short term. That's a blink of an yeah. eye. You know, how do you see, how do you see building out the yeah. uh, athlete transition you? I think in the short term, I uh, want to keep the same cohort together and go to uh, keep the team so they have a team off the field, go to L.A. next year or Silicon Valley or a mixture of both and make it a business trip. I think after that, we'll have a new cohort coming into New York City. I want to mix in some MBA and MLB guys at some point and transcend into other sports, which is why we called it the pro athlete business combine. So we can tap into that. I think. You're going to have L.A., Silicon Valley, uh, potentially Seattle and Atlanta as well in the marketplace in future years, uh, year three. In terms of the former player, I would like to get that kicked off, full curriculum, uh, everything built, bringing in our first cohort in 2019 uh, in the fall. So 
that's going to take some time to build. But I believe if done the right way, we'll accept 30 guys in the initial cohort and then build from there. Well, this is great stuff, and I it seems like you're going to be making a real positive impact here, Caleb. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the Sports Money Podcast. And I hope as this progresses, uh, you keep us in mind and you can come back again in the not-too-distant future. Awesome. Thanks so much. You guys are doing great things, making a great impact. Thank you very much, Caleb. That was great. Thanks. I appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Forbes Sports Money. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with a comment or question, please email us at sportsmoney at podcastone.com. That's O-N-E dot com. Hi, I'm Spencer Raskoff, the CEO of Zillow Group, and I have a new podcast here on Podcast One called Office Hours. Listen as I have one-on-one conversations with other CEOs. We have the kind of conversations that can only happen between peers, tackling tough questions, sharing hard-won insights, and helping to define what leadership means today. Join me twice a month on Office Hours, exclusively on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the new Podcast One app. At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing. And a less than perfect one. <laughs> Seen it, covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. London police have arrested Julian Assange on extradition charges to the United States, as well as for violating his bail. Assange is accused of publishing classified documents through WikiLeaks. In 2010, he told Sky News he was worried about what the U.S. might do to him. The United States recently has shown that its institutions seem to be failing. Uh, They are failing to follow the rule of law. And with dealing with a superpower that does not appear to be following, following the rule of law is a serious business. He also said in 2010 the U.S. officials had threatened him and those associated with him. There has been many calls by senior political figures uh, in the United States, uh, including elected ones in the Senate, uh, for my execution, uh, the kidnapping of my staff. Edward Snowden, the former security contractor who leaked classified information about U.S. surveillance programs, says the arrest of Assange is a blow to media freedom. I'm Rita Foley.